AMD heads for a Disney Halloween treat. The annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration only on DizRadio.com. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all DC heads, you tuned in for another spooky, magical edition of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, we continue on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. As all month long, we've been bringing you spooky guests, all kinds of fun, Halloween memories, and so much more. And this week, for show number 122, for the week of October 22nd, 2015, we're going to bring back the dead, we're going to light some black flame candles, and we're going to welcome none other than Thora Birch back to the show. That's right, Thora Birch is going to be returning once again here at Diz Radio, and she's going to talk about a variety of different things, from Hocus Pocus, American Beauty, Monkey Trouble, her entire career, upcoming projects, her favorite holiday seasons to celebrate, and so much more, including those best memories that she has from the Hocus Pocus set. And Thor is going to stop in and share all of that with all of you D-heads here to help celebrate the Halloween season. In addition, no celebration would be complete without the D-team. That's right, and Aaron is going to dip his hand in that virtual coffin and answer all your questions with I Want to Know. We have Nathan adding more cobwebs to the Haunted Mansion with This Week in Disney History. We have Caitlin, who's putting on her Kim Possible best with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have Paige, who's bringing you all the magic, all the fun within the Magical Music Review. And we have Randy getting digital, getting spooky with another Disney Multimedia. We have all kinds of fun from the D-Wire with all kinds of news. With the all-new Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, the Disney Channel, Walt Disney World, Epcot, Wine and Dine Marathon, the Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and many other things on the horizon from the news hot off the D-Wire. So all of you D-Heads, lots of fun, lots of things on the horizon for this week's show. We have a lot of fun lined up as we still are continuing on with our month-long Halloween celebration here at the show. So before I officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spend it on what else? All those souvenirs, the Hocus Pocus merchandise, and even those last-minute Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party tickets. So definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, D-Heads, with that said, we're officially going to kick off this week's show for show number 122 for the week of October 22nd, 2015. And, well, my name might not be Max, but I do give one heck of an introduction. Let's officially kick off this week's show, and I'll be right back, all D-Heads. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. 
I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. <laughs> you can't stop the things I do. I ain't lying. No! No! Oh, Don't look like you Been 300 years, right down to the day. Now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. <laughs> I on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get happy. I'm getting happy. Oh, God. taking my little sister Danny around. That's nice. I always do it. My parents made him. Do you guys want some cider? No. Sure. Thanks. So, um, how's the party? Boring. It's just a bunch of my parents' friends. They do this every year. I've got candy duty. By the way, Danny, I love your costume. Thank you. I really like yours, too. Of course, I couldn't wear anything like that because I don't have any... What do you call them, Max? Yabos? <laughs> Max likes your yabos. In fact, he loves them. I'm really into witches. Really? Me too. We just learned about those sisters in school. Oh, you mean the Sanderson sisters? I know all about them. My mom used to run the museum. There's a museum about them? Yeah, but they shut it down because a lot of spooky things happen there. Well, why don't we go to this old Sanderson house? And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey again, D-Heads. This is Nathan. I was wanting to share with you guys a Halloween memory of mine this week. Um, 
this one in relation to my favorite witches, and I guess I'll expand it to warlocks since uh, may not be a witch every time. Just, you know, in movie franchises or TV shows, um, you know, just history. Because, you know, it's the Halloween season, and uh, we've been getting in the spirit by just sharing different memories that we have on the team and in personal life, and uh, I have a few in relation to this. Um, I remember being younger, and I grew up as a big Scooby-Doo fan, and my little brother did as well. But uh, one of my absolute favorite witches slash warlocks is actually from the movie uh, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which was the second movie um, coming out in a like direct-to-video series uh, back in the day, in the 90s, uh, late 90s. And there was a character in this movie, I don't want to really ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but his name was Ben Ravencroft. And uh, I guess without delving too much into it, this was one of the first kind of, I guess, witch-slash-warlock characters that kind of stood out with me back then. Um, really good movie overall to begin with, because that, that movie series is just phenomenal. Um, especially the first one, I believe it was called Zombie Island. But yeah, he's a really cool character. Um, I thought he, he, it, he just made the movie awesome. Um, then we got to, I'm gonna jump over to some of the obvious ones. Um, I guess one of my favorite Disney movie series that maybe not a lot of people know or actually like appreciate uh, would definitely be Halloween Town, um, since it's you know in relation to the season, of course. And I, I absolutely love Halloween Town, and I love the character Marnie. Uh, I just think it's a great movie series, and I think she is probably one of my favorite witches in like a Disney Channel series. Um, I just think she's a strong character. She's a great character. It definitely adds comedy to it. Uh, keeps it serious but lighthearted, like a like a standard uh, Disney Channel original movie does. And my daughter absolutely loves that series. We 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 all do really. It's a it's a great series. And I gotta go with the obvious one. I'm sure most of the team will probably agree, even if they may have not mentioned it in their list. But Hocus Pocus. When you think of witches and warlocks and Halloween fun and all that good stuff, you always think back to 93 and you always think back to Hocus Pocus and Disney. Um, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy... I can never pronounce that one. <laughs> she... It just the, the Sanderson sisters. It's, it's insane. I remember that being one of the first... I guess real Halloween movies I ever saw as a kid um, kind of stood out. Kind of spooked me as a kid, kind of made me, you know, intrigued, but um, yeah, I just. The Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, just. It's just. It's it's amazing. It, um. <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorite Halloween movies, period. You know, despite the witches in it, but it, it's just a fantastic flick. And. I'm probably going to be saying this because there, there are people out there that it may apply to. If you have not seen Hocus Pocus, even with all the rumors going around and the verification of Hocus Pocus 2 coming out, please sit down with your family, make a Halloween memory, and watch Hocus Pocus together. It's fantastic. I watched it recently and I'm still seeing things that I'm like, I totally forgot this was in there. And also, if you have a chance to be at Disney World this season, uh, 
Obviously, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, but they have a stage show, and I can't recall the name of it right at this moment, but it is focused around Hocus Pocus and the Sanderson sisters. It's amazing and fantastic, and you need to check it out. So, enough of my rambling. Um, I hope you guys are all having a great Halloween season so far and leading up to Halloween. And all your preparations are going as planned. And uh, most importantly for the Halloween season, especially when it comes to witches and warlocks and you name it, remember, don't light any black flame candles. Alright, you take it easy, D-heads, and keep enjoying the Halloween season. See you real soon. Rattlesnakes, hurricanes, tornadoes and quakes, frogs and worms, and spiders and bees. <laughs> nope, they don't scare me. Ghosts and witches, goblins and ghouls, werewolves howling at the moon, bugs in the rugs, and bats in the trees. Don't scare me. Alone in the graveyard, the stray dogs bite. Yo! Zombies dancing in the pale moonlight. Won't that give you a terrible fright? <laughs> nah, that doesn't scare me. Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parents and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will.
All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 122 for the week of October 22nd, 2015, as we have all kinds of fun. We're trying to steer clear of any black flame candles and all kinds of spell books because we have none other than Thora Birch stopping back here at the show. Yes, Thora, who has been a past guest here at the show, is stopping back once again to share some Halloween spirit, spread the Halloween fun, and talk about a variety of different things from Hocus Pocus, American Beauty, Ghost World, and so much more. We have tons from the D team and all kinds of Halloween memories all show long as we continue on with our fourth annual not-so-scary month-long celebration that we've been bringing you all month long here during October, having fun and spreading that Halloween cheer as only we can do here at Diz Radio, all of you D-heads. So before I officially jump into news hot off the D-wire, and we have a lot of it, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and so much more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also stay connected throughout all the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz, that's J-O-N. D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our, this month, our spooky Halloween Disney show, or any other time, our quirky show. And remember, you can always subscribe and get the latest shows on your mobile device, your tablet, and so much more just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and getting the latest right there on your mobile device to listen to as soon as they become available. So definitely check us out, and all of this can be found on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-Eds, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-Wire, and how about Chef Rick Bayless to open Frontera Francesco Restaurant at the Disney Springs at the Walt Disney World Resort. That's right, Chef Rick Bayless, a six-time James Beard Foundation winner, is bringing Frontera Fresco, his table-service Mexican restaurant, to Disney Springs, the new dining, shopping, and entertainment area of the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, opening in summer of 2016, Frontera Fresco will showcase the gourmet Mexican cuisine that has made Chef Bayless a culinary legend. Now, as Bayless has officially stated, I am thrilled to bring Frontera Fresco to Disney Springs and share my passion for Mexican cuisine with the families who visit Orlando every single year. Now, the new restaurant will feature authentic Mexican specialties such as handcrafted tortillas, tacos, salads, fresh-made guacamole, and classic Mexican braised meat entrees, all prepared with time-honored recipes with natural locally sourced ingredients. Now, Frontera Fresco will also serve an extensive selection of margaritas cocktails, and craft beers and wine. Now, as the president and CEO of Business Springs has stated, working with Chef Bayless to bring this fresh dining concept to the new Disney Springs is a joy for us, and we can't wait for guests to experience it. Now, the Philadelphia-based Daroff Design is designing the nearly 6,000-square-foot space which will seat over 200 guests. Now, Vista Springs LLC will be the restaurant operator. But now, Chef Rick Bayless is going to open Frontera Fresco Restaurant at Disney Springs coming in summer of 2016. Now, moving aside from culinary and eating, how about Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Walt Disney Company celebrating over 100,000 wishes together? That's right, Make-A-Wish and the Walt Disney Company celebrated their 100th thousand Disney-related wish during a special event at the Disneyland Resort this last Wednesday night. 
Now, since granting the first wish in 1981 for an eight-year-old Frank Salazar to go to Disneyland, Make-A-Wish and Disney have worked together to grant wishes for children from all over the world. 35 years later, Make-A-Wish and Disney has marked an enormous milestone by recognizing seven-year-old Luke as the 100,000th Disney Wish Kid. Now, days after celebrating his fifth birthday with his family, Luke was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. Now, after having his tumor removed, Luke faced months of chemotherapy, radiation, stem cell treatment, and many others to help him combat many of the cells that have deteriorated. Now, Luke could think of nothing more perfect than to visit the Disneyland Resort with his entire family to give him hope, strength, and joy that he would need during his road ahead. Now, through the generosity of the Walt Disney Company, Luke's wish came true. After setting off for California from Texas, Luke and his family spent several fun-filled days visiting the parks. Now, highlights included a special meeting with his favorite Cars characters, as well as Anna and Elsa, and a special viewing of World of Color Celebrate, where they had reserved seating for the Paint the Night Parade as well, and the Disneyland Forever Fireworks Spectacular. Now, as the CEO of Make-A-Wish has released, since the very first wish, Disney has provided wishes to kids like Luke with imaginative experiences and lasting memories. And these are only things that Disney can provide. Now, Make-A-Wish continues to do this and be a friend with the Walt Disney Company. Now, they also have stated, it's amazing to think that 35 years ago, Make-A-Wish granted its very first wish at the Disneyland Resort, which sparked a legacy of fulfilling wishes that has captured so many hearts, said Bob Chapek, chairman of the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. It's wonderful to celebrate our 100,000th wish together, and we're proud to play a role in bringing smiles and laughter to children with all their families. Now, Disney continues to be a longtime supporter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and uses its magic to form incredible, life-changing experiences for children, from life-threatening medical conditions, long-time illnesses, and so much more. If you want to find out more about Make-A-Wish Foundation and more, you can visit wish.org or also worldwish.org as well. Now, moving along here, how about commemorative merchandise? And we all love our commemorative merchandise. Well, how about commemorative merchandise revealed for the Disney Wine and Dine Marathon weekend? Yes, the Walt Disney World Resort released this week that the Disney Wine and Dine Marathon weekend is taking place November 6th and 7th at the Walt Disney World Resort. And now they have officially released the merchandise that you can pick up if you are a runner, you're attending this, and you want to have fun. Now, some of the items include local t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, hooded sweatshirts, and more. Now, for those who just want to have something a little more simple, they will have the Run Disney logo on a variety of things like shirts, jackets, and more. Now, this year, Disney is also offering an early shopping opportunity for guests to attend the first-ever Disney Wine and Dine Welcome Reception on November 5th. Now, the event will be held at 7.30 p.m. through 9 p.m. in the HP Fieldhouse at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. And this is where you can get your, you know, get just pretty much amped up, buy some merchandise, go shopping, and really gear up for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. So definitely check it out. If you want to find out more information about this, you can always visit rundisney.com. But now, all the commemorative merchandise for the weekend that is coming up, November 6th and 7th, is out, ready to go. You can start previewing it. And like I said, on November 5th, you can already start purchasing it a day early. Now, moving into multimedia, how about Disney's launching an app that will let you watch all your favorite movies together? Yes, but not in the United States. Yes, for $15 a month, you'll be able to watch some of your favorite Disney shows and movies using a new streaming service called Disney Life. Now, there's just one catch. It's only available in the UK. That's right. Launching next month, the streaming service is going to include episodes of Disney Channel shows 
albums, books, and of course, many of its movies. Now, while the entire Pixar collection will be available, other titles, including Marvel movies and Star Wars, will not be available, according to the Financial Times reporting on this. Now, Disney Life users will also be able to download items to watch and read offline, and there's going to be movies and books that will be available in five languages, according to the official press release. Now, the company hopes to expand many of its service to the European countries, including Italy, Spain, and continue with new content as Disney Life continues to grow. Now, as for all of us in the United States, the company does not intend to bring it to the United States right now with conflicts with cable providers, television networks, and of course, Netflix. And Bob Iger said, right now, it's not coming to the U.S., but if United States residents want to get their Disney fix, everybody already knows you have Disney movies anywhere, as well as many of those on Netflix as well. But if you're in the UK, get ready, because next month, for $15 a month, you can now stream all of your favorite Disney things. Now, pushing along here, let's get back to the ESPN complex and many other things. And how about ESPN the channel? Now, Disney confirms that they are planning to lay off over 300 employees at the ESPN network. Now, ESPN confirmed this week that about 300 employees, or about 4% of its 8,000 member workforce, will be getting let go. Now, according to it, beginning today, we will be enacting a number of organizational changes to the ESPN to better support our future goals, a process that will include elimination of many of our positions. Now, we carefully considered and deliberated alternatives before making each decision they officially stated. Now, the cuts followed Disney's announcement in August that ESPN would not be reaching its earnings forecast for the fiscal year, largely because of subscriber losses. Now, Disney didn't reveal how many pay TV customers had been lost, but the Nielsen ratings reported that it is definitely dropping and lost almost 3.2 million subscriptions in a little over a year. But they have officially announced that over 300 are going to be getting laid off. Now, Moving back to Disney Channel, where it really doesn't have any issues with subscribers, how about Doc McStuffins is suing over merchandise and revenues and pay delays. Now, she may be the original voice of Doc McStuffins, but Kira Mohammed wants an accounting autopsy performed on Disney where merchandising money she says she is owed. Now, in a breach of contract complaint filed by the L.A. Superior Court, the actress from the Disney Junior show alleges that despite the widespread use of her voice and likeness from the first two and a half seasons of the animated series, they have failed to compensate her and many others, including merchandising receipts. Now, while no other accounts have been mentioned in terms of damages or whatnot, they also said that she is not getting paid in a timely manner for voice work that was completed. Now, this could be up to $250,000, and she is being represented by Timothy Hall of Encino-based law offices of Hall & Lynn. Now, we'll see where this goes, but, you know, it's not the first time that we've heard things like this as well. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap it up, release the reins to the D-team, Lots of news off the D-Wire. We have more coming up as we have Thora Birch from Hocus Pocus, Monkey Trouble, and so much more stopping in here very shortly to help us celebrate our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration and so much more. We have all kinds of answers from the coffin with I Want to Know with Aaron. We have Caitlin with WDW and 2 and so much more. So before I officially let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? All those fantastic souvenirs, not-so-scary tickets, and all kinds of fun. So definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, I'm going to leave it at that. Take it away, team, and remember... 
don't light any black flame candles. seen a haunted house you know the kind I mean that old dark house that's usually at the end of a dimly lit street the owners haven't been seen for years no one really knows why the windows are broken and boarded and the shutters hang loose on their hinges the trees have grown wild their branches brush against the sides of the weathering house making strange noises in the night there's a high vine-covered fence around the property. Is it there to keep somebody out? Or is it there to keep something inside? It's a house that people avoid walking past at night. Strange sounds come from within the walls. And it's said that eerie lights have been seen both in the attic windows and in the graveyard at the side of the house. Our story revolves around this mysterious mansion. One little night not long ago, two teenagers were walking home from a date. The night was cool and lightning broke through the sky. The wind began to blow and the lightning cracked again. Thunder rolled across the heavens and changed this pleasant evening into a night to be remembered. Karen held Mike's hand tightly as they began to walk faster down that dark street. The lightning struck again and illuminated the front of the old mansion. It began to rain. Mike and Karen ran toward the old house, through the old iron gate, and onto the porch for protection. Protection? If only they had known... You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. We had a great time at the corn maze last weekend. The weather was perfect. Best part was the zombie paintball. Loads of fun. Feel free to email me with some of your Halloween events. I'd love to hear about them. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual coffin and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Kevin R. of Idaho, and he writes, Aaron of Diz Radio, enjoying the Happy Hollow Wishes shows. I was thinking of the original Frankenweenie. Was it really the reason Tim Burton was let go from Disney? Is it available on DVD anywhere? And how many references did it have to the original Frankenstein? Thank you. Well, Frankenweenie is a 1984 Tim Burton-directed short film produced with Buena Vista Distribution and co-written by Burton with Leonard Rips. It is both a parody and homage to the 1931 film Frankenstein based on Mary Shelley's novel of the same name. This short was included in the Special Edition, Collector's Edition, and Blu-ray 3D releases of The Nightmare Before Christmas, and on the Blu-ray release of the remake of Frankenweenie in 2012. 
Burton was fired by Disney after the film was completed. The studio claimed that he had been wasting company resources and felt the film was not suitable for the target young audiences. It had been scheduled to be released cinematically in the U.S. before a re-release of Pinocchio on December 21, 1984, but it was shelved. It did, however, play in U.K. cinemas in 1985 in front of Touchstone Films' Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. The film was given a home video release in 1992. It was released as an extra along with Vincent on the Nightmare Before Christmas releases. Frankie Weenie has similarities to the original story of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. To start, in Frankenweenie, the inventor's last name is Frankenstein, instead of the remake monster movies where Frankenstein is portrayed as a green monster. In Shelley's story of Frankenstein, she tells how Frankenstein was fascinated with his studies and the reaction of electricity with the human body. This part of the original story is shown in Frankenweenie, with Victor Frankenstein as a smart scientist kid who is the only one in his class who is fascinated with electricity after his teacher demonstrates on a dead frog. Another similarity between Frankenweenie and Frankenstein is in Shelley's version, the creature wrecks havoc on the creator. In Frankenweenie, word gets out about how Victor Frankenstein is able to bring back his dead dog to life with the power of electricity. Then his classmates start reanimating their pets, and their creations start wrecking havoc in their town. It's a fun movie, and I really enjoyed the remake. Our next question is from Daniela Newston of Atlanta, Georgia, and she writes, Disney On Demand, Halloween is almost here, and I'm just hoping Larry Bagby makes another appearance as well. My question is about Hocus Pocus. Is the soundtrack released anywhere? And especially, I put a spell on you. Also, was that song written for that film? It's great. And also, what is the song the band is playing on stage before Bet sings? Thank you so much. Well, you can listen to past episodes 23 and 82 that starred Larry Bagby in our archives at DizRadio.com. As far as a third appearance by this great actor, you have to stay tuned to find out. Well, the soundtrack for Hocus Pocus was composed and conducted by John Debney. The original soundtrack was released through promotional release by John Debney, containing 19 tracks from the film. Several bootlegs were released on the internet, mainly because the promotional release misses the entire opening sequence music. On September 30, 2013, Entrada Records released a special edition containing the entire score from the film, plus bonus material, including alternate takes of some of the tracks. The music was conducted by Debney himself and orchestrated by Brad Dexter and Don Davis. James Horner was originally slated to score the film, but became unavailable at the last minute, so Debney had only two weeks to score the 96-minute film. Prior to the production of the film, Horner had written a two-minute theme for Sarah called Come Little Children, which ended up being used in the film and featured in Entrada's edition of the score as Sarah's theme. The Entrada Records release is available on Amazon. 
Though the song I Put a Spell on You works perfect in the film, it was originally released by Screaming Jay Hawkins in 1956. The version Bette Midler sings is much different than the original. And the band is actually playing the same song that Bette Midler sings. If you think about it, Winifred had to learn the song somewhere because it came out long after the sisters died. Well, our final question this week is from Robert Jackson, and he writes, Enjoy the show, D-Team. Since I know these are the Halloween shows, I had a question about the Tower of Terror. First, in the movie, was it based on the ride or the ride on the movie? In the parks, is there a difference between the one in California and the one in Florida? And is there really a Twilight Zone episode the ride was based on? Well, Tower of Terror is a 1997 made-for-TV supernatural thriller. It's based on the theme park attraction, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida, and was originally a presentation of the wonderful world of Disney. It is also Disney's first film based on an attraction at one of its theme parks, though it's the only adaptation to be made for television rather than being made as a theatrical film. There are some differences between the ride in Florida and the ride in California. In order to conserve space and money, Imagineers redesigned the entire ride system for the attraction at Disney's California Adventure and made some general changes to the show scenes. The attraction features three elevator shafts, each shaft, in theory, is its own sp separate ride with its own separate operating system. This makes it easier to repair individual areas of the attraction without causing the entire attraction to go down. Each shaft has two vehicles and two load levels. It is designed so that the lower vehicle can be in its ride profile while the upper vehicle is loading giving the attraction the ability to move its line much faster. Since it's, each vehicle loads and unloads from the same point, it ended up saving space. Unlike the Florida version, which has randomized drop sequences, the California version is identical in every drop shaft. The ride is not based on a specific episode of The Twilight Zone, but it's inspired by the entire series. To make sure they got everything correct, Disney Imagineers screened each of the 156 episodes of The Twilight Zone at least twice to capture the mood of the television series. Many episodes were screened three or four times and studied in regard to props, guest stars, settings, and the music for inspiration, as well to find the most representative quotes and characteristic phrases used by Serling in his role as the host of the show. Well, I think the details of this ride is what makes it so great. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age. And dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. And pleasant dreams.
from Walt Disney Home Video, the Sanderson witches are flying into town. And now everyone's in for a real treat. Greedy little beggar. Winnie's the wickedest. Hello. Sarah's the sexiest. Would thou dance with me? And Mary's the hungriest. No time for sleeping. They're here to have some fun and practice a little witchcraft. If they could only get it right. She did it. Hocus Pocus on video cassette. Hey, this is Tobias Jelenic from Hocus Pocus, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Casper, the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. Though grown-ups might look at him with fright, the children all love him so. He always says hello, and he's really glad to meet you. Wherever he may go, he's kind to every living creature. Grown-ups don't understand why children love him the most. But kids all know that he loves them so. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper the Friendly Ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. Though grown-ups might look at him with fright, the children all love him so. He always says hello, and he's really glad to meet you. Wherever he may go, he's kind to every living creature. Grown-ups don't understand why children love him the most. But kids all know that he loves them so. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper the Friendly Ghost. And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige from the D-Team here. Halloween brings out all sorts of creatures. Vampires, mummies, zombies, ghosts. All of the grim, grinning spooks gather to celebrate this day. And how could we forget the wickedest of all? Witches. Now, Disney has a few Halloween witches. The Cromwells and Sanderson sisters are probably the most popular. But my favorite came to us in 1952 in a Donald Duck cartoon. I'm talking of Witch Hazel. Now she's not the most well-known witch. I myself first heard of her in Mickey's House of Villains, but she's a fun character. She's a trickster and she very much enjoys putting a spell on Donald, but she's also very sweet in her behavior towards Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She's not evil or wicked per se, but she's still an enjoyable addition to the Halloween witches. Enjoy the rest of the show, and remember, don't like any black flame candles. There are few who deny it, what I do, I am the best, for my talents are renowned far and wide. When it comes to surprises in the moonlit night, I excel without ever even trying. With the slightest little effort of my ghost-like charms, I have seen grown men give out a shriek. With the wave of my hand in a well-placed mode, I have swept the very bravest off their feet. Yet year after year, it's the same routine, and I grow so weary of the sound of screams. And I, Jack, the Pumpkin King, have grown so tired of the same old men. 
somewhere deep inside of these bones and emptiness began to grow there's something out there far from my home a longing that I've never of light and I'll scare you right out of your pants. To a guy in Kentucky, I'm Mr. Unlucky and I'm known throughout England and France. And since I am dead, I can take off my head to recite Shakespearean quotations. No animal nor man can scream like I can with the fury of my recitations. But who here would ever understand that the pumpkin king with the skeleton grin would tire of his crown if they only understood he'd give it all up if he only could. Oh, there's an empty place in my bones that calls out for something unknown. The fame and praise come after here does nothing for these empty tears. Trooper dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. The door is open. Hello? Jack Skellington. Up here, my boy. Doctor! I need to borrow some equipment. Is that so? Whatever for? I'm conducting a series of experiments. How perfectly marvelous. Curiosity killed the cat, you know. I know. Come on into the lab and we'll get you all fixed up. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. If you haven't made it to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, you've got just a couple more chances. The last party night is November 1st, and then they'll be transforming the Magic Kingdom into a winter wonderland fit for Christmas. So while we're still celebrating Halloween, make sure to pick up some Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular commemorative merchandise while it's still available. There's an adorable t-shirt featuring the Sanderson sisters, as well as D-Tech phone cases that can be purchased in the Space Mountain gift shop, and a limited release magic band. A brand new snack line has just been released in the parks called Snacks with Character, and it's perfect for those of you with allergies or if you're just looking for healthier snack options while staying at the parks and resorts. 
Disney teamed up with Ocean Spray, Way Better Foods, Enjoy Life Foods, and Wow Baking Company to create these new snacks that include gluten-free, nut-free, and other allergy-friendly products. So this should be awesome news for a lot of you. And the options look great. And finally, Minnie's Holiday Dine at the Hollywood and Vine Restaurant at Hollywood Studios is going to be a year-round character dining option. The character dinner is themed for the current holidays, with special decorations, costumes, music, and menus. Reservations for the next seasonal dinners open on October 27th. And who would want to miss dinner with Minnie Mouse at Christmas time? Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember, don't light any black flame candles. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight when my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Caught on in a flash He did the monster mash Out from his coffin Jack's voice did ring Seems he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid, shook his fist and said Hey, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the monster mash And it's a graveyard smash Caught on in a flash Disney On Demand. <laughs> 
Welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Get your costumes on, bags in hand, and trick-or-treat. So, OVD Head, so I am back. I'm stopping in once again. I hope you're enjoying show number 122. For the week of October 22nd, 2015, we've had all kinds of fun. We've had the D team stop in so far, a ton of Halloween memories, and we're gearing up for none other than Thora Birch to stop back here at the show. Yes, from Hocus Pocus, Monkey Trouble, American Beauty, Ghost World, and so much more, Thora is going to stop in and help celebrate the Halloween season with all of us here at the show this week. So, we've had all kinds of fun. Now, I've already given you a ton of news hot off the D-Wire, and I like to keep the Halloween episodes just more fun, more frolic, not just so news heavy. So with that, I'm going to slow it down here a little bit, and I'm going to let you know that next week for our big Halloween show, we have something very special planned for all of you D-Heads. Yes, because it is the Halloween show, we want you to have fun. So our show is going to be a little bit different than our standard show. So get ready for something that's going to be, I guess, immersive, fun, maybe a little bit of the wonderful world of Disney for your ears for the Halloween season. We'll call it the Diz Radio Halloween Treat. As we're going to close out our big fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration from this month. So far, we've already had four solid weeks of great Halloween episodes, Halloween guests, and so much more. And next week, it's going to culminate with the fifth and final Not-So-Scary show for Halloween that is going to be entirely different than what you're used to here at Disney On Demand. So get ready for that. Now, instead of talking off your ear here, like I said, everyone's been doing a lot of different things, sharing their Halloween memories, and I've already given you a ton of news hot off the D-Wire, so I'm going to slow it down here with a small Halloween poem just for all of you D-Heads. And let's go into a little bit of a night of fright. So let's get quiet. I'm going to slow my voice down a little bit, try to talk a little bit lower for you, and let's take this walk on a night of fright. Monsters stalking through the night. Halloween is the night of fright. Fear is what night brings, along with many other things. Are you sure you are prepared? Tonight is not for the easily scared. Creatures from hell roam on this night, for tonight is the night of fright. Trick or treat, you say. You should have waited until the end of the day. Tonight you will lose your tricks and your treats for the monsters they need to eat. You better not take this night lightly, or else you will truly learn what fright means. The ancient times people feared this night, the night they greeted with a ton of fright. Why they were so scared, you soon will see on this All Hallows Eve. So I hope you enjoyed that little bit of a poem, a night of fright, something to add a little bit of fun for you, something a little bit different, a little bit fun, something to add that night of fright. So we're going to continue on here. Have a lot of fun. I mean, I have a ton of Halloween books and stories I've been reading to my children all month long. And, you know, I hope you're enjoying all of our shows here as well because, you know, we really do enjoy bringing the Halloween episodes to all of you D-heads here. So I hope you enjoyed the Night of Fright. We have more coming from the D-team as we have Nathan, Paige, and Randy still all stopping in. More Halloween memories from the D-team. And we're gearing up for Thora Birch from Hocus Pocus as she's going to stop in and I think... If the team has been warning us correctly all show long, we're not lighting any black flame candles. Let's hope 
that, that it's keeping the Sanderson sisters away. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins back to the D-team to have some more fun. And next time you hear me, I'm going to have none other than the little witch herself, Thora Birch, stopping back here at the show to celebrate the season with us. Take it away, team, and uh, boo to you, all of you D-heads. I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. I knew I'd moved in a haunted house. Still, I made up in my mind to stay. Nothing was gonna drive me away. When I seen something that give me the creep, had one big eye and a two big feet. I stood right still and I did the free. He did the scroll right up to me. Made a noise with his feet to sound like a drum. Say you'll be here when the morning comes. I'll be here when the morning comes I'll be right here and I ain't gonna run I bought this house, now you know I'm boss Ain't no hang gonna run me off In my kitchen my stove was a blazing hot The coffee was a boiling in the pot Melted in my hand I had a hunk of meat in my hand From outer space that sat a man On a hot stove with a pots and pans Say that's hot, I began to shout He drank a hot coffee right from the spout he ate the raw meat right from my hand Drank a hot grease from the frying pan He said to me, now you better run Don't be here when the morning comes See, yes, I'll be here when the morning comes I'll be right here and I ain't gonna Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. There are several prominent ghosts who have retired here from creepy old crypts all over the world. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here, but there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? Hmm? <laughs> if you insist on lagging behind, you may not need to volunteer. And now, a carriage approaches to take you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Take your loved ones by the hand, please, and come.
kindly watch your step. Oh, yes, and no flash pictures, please. We spirits are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. The carriage that will carry you into the moldering sanctum of the spirit world will accommodate you and one or two loved ones. Kindly watch your step as you board, please. We spirits haunt our best in gloomy darkness, so remember, no flash pictures, and now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and I wanted to share with you some of my favorite witches. Of course, I grew up watching reruns of Bewitched, but my favorite witch as a child was Witch Hazel from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Cool fact about this character? The animator, Chuck Jones, got the idea from the good-natured witch that squares off with Donald Duck in the Disney cartoon Trick or Treat, released in 1952. Well, my favorite episode with Witch Hazel was called Bewitched Bunny, which is a retelling of the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale. Her laugh and the flying bobby pins whenever she took off always cracked me up. But my favorite current witch is Regina, a.k.a. the Evil Queen from Once Upon a Time. I just love this portrayal of the Evil Queen, it's definitely my favorite. Her evil smirk and that look she gets in her eye, it's just awesome. No one else could have pulled off the role like she does. And that D-Heads is a couple of my favorite witches. And remember, don't light any black flame candles. This is Bucky Pig, and you're listening to Disney On Demand, folks. But I'm not from Disney. Oh, whatever. Welcome back, foolish mortals, to the Disney On Demand, episode 122, and episode 4 of Diz Radio's 4th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween. I am your host, your ghost host, again, Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia in this week in Disney history. Now, branching off that, let's begin. After all, there's no turning back now. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to this week in Diz Radio history with show number 23, from October 2012, featuring Larry Bagby, Ice himself from Hocus Pocus. Larry also was a return guest in August of 2014 in show number 82. Take a trip back with a great guest and some Halloween season memories in shows number 22 and 82. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1880 with Scotty Matra, the voice of Bashful in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, being born in Evans Mills, New York. In 1913, Evelyn Venable, the original model for the Columbia Pictures logo and the voice of the Blue Fairy in Disney's Pinocchio, was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. In 1922, actor John Anderson, the voice of Mark Twain and Franklin Delano Roosevelt for Epcot's American Adventure attraction, was born in Clayton, Illinois. In 1935, actor Jerry Orbach, the voice of Lumiere in Disney's Beauty and the Beast, is born in the Bronx, New York. He also voiced the candlestick for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and Belle's Magical World. Orbach also supplied the voice of Saluk in 1995's Aladdin and the King of Thieves, as well as everyone's lovable detective in Law and & Order, and Baby's Father and Dirty Dancing. In 1942, actress, singer, and original Masketeer Annette Funicello was born in Utica, New York. 
1964, the World's Fair in Flushing, New York, which included four Disney attractions, closes for the 1964 season. It'll reopen the following spring for its second and final season. In 1971, Time Magazine features an article on a newly opened theme park, Disney World, Pixie Dust Over Florida. In 1982, the night before the park's official dedication, Disney's television series airs the Epcot ep- sorry, the episode Epcot Center, the opening celebration, hosted by Danny Kaye. The program also features many actresses and actors feature- such as Drew Barrymore, Roy Clark, Alex Haley, Marie Osmond, and the space traveler Alan Shepard. In 1987, actor Zac Efron, the star of Disney Channel's 2006 High School Musical and its sequels, is born in San Luis Obispo, California. In 1993, Clarence Nash, the original voice of Donald Duck, and Card Walker are among the ten inducted as Disney Legends on this day. The ceremony is held at the Disney Legends Promenade, which is an area in front of the Disney Studio Theater. In 2006, the Disney Channel original movie Return to Halloween Town premiered. The fourth and final film in the Halloween Town series stars Sarah Paxton and Joey Zimmerman as siblings who attended which university, and the veteran actress of the series, Debbie Reynolds, returns in the role of Splendora Agatha Aggie Cromwell. In 2007, The Best of Both Worlds, a 54-date North America run starring Miley Cyrus as both herself and in characters Hannah Montana kicks off in St. Louis, Missouri. In 2008, Radio Disney hosts the planet premiere of the High School Musical 3 Singer Year soundtrack. In 2011, ABC TV premieres everyone's favorite fairy tale drama series, Once Upon a Time. In 2012, Lucille Martin, who started at the Disney Studios, as a personal secretary to Walt Disney himself, and rose through the ranks to serve as vice president and special assistant to the Walt Disney Company Board of Directors, has her retirement in 2006. She passes away at the age of 90. During her tenure with Disney, she also served as an executive assistant to two Disney CEOs, Ron Miller and Michael Eisner. In 2007, the Walt Disney Company inducted her as a Disney legend. And we're going to finish this week in, in history, D-Heads, with 2013 when Saving Mr. Banks held its world premiere at the London Film Festival. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something you maybe knew that didn't know. Glad you tuned in this week. We've been dying to have you. Feel free to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com. And as always, guys, have a great week. See you real soon. This is the spell book of Winifred Sanderson. It was given to her by the devil himself. The book is bound in human skin and contains the recipes for her most powerful and evil spells. I get the picture. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's the black flame candle. flame candle made from the fat of a hangman <laughs> legend says that on a full moon it will raise the spirits of the dead when lit by a virgin on Halloween night hmm. so let's light the sucker and meet the old broads
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are ones that you've pretty much had in your homes, in your life. Uh, people that have influenced and grown up alongside with you. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to the acting genre, movies, television, and so much more. You know her from things like Purple People Eater, Hocus Pocus, All I Want for Christmas, uh, now and then, Colony, American Beauty, and so much more. We have none other than the talented Thora Birch here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you back on here at the show. Always fun following your career. So many different things that you've been a part of that have influenced people's lives. So many movies and so many different uh, you know, outlets that have touched so many people growing up. I guess before we jump into that, uh, what got you into acting? Uh, I, you know, I just, uh, I had a babysitter who thought I was adorable because, uh, every time I would watch TV, I would find myself imitating commercials, and she just thought that it was the cutest thing, so she took me, like, she took some headshots, and, and it was kind of like, a, a, kind of a, like a half of a joke or a gimmick for her to take me around to auditions and stuff. It was just something kind of fun to do, and then I started working in commercials, like, right away. I got, like, the first thing I went out on, and it kind of just started from there. Well, you know, and it just it's one of those things, too, where it just has been fruitful for you now and, you know, moving on to so many, you know, different roles and whatnot. And like I said, you've been in so many different films that play part in people's lives. And I guess in going down that line and so many so many of those roles, of course, some of those was all I want for Christmas, you know, a, a holiday Christmas staple that everybody loves. Um, you know, I guess, how did you land that role and, you know, portraying this film that now is kind of a, a Christmas staple that people feel that they have to show their children even today? I mean, I, you know, I was kind of, um, it was actually before Hocus Pocus, and it was the re real first holiday-themed film that I had done. And, uh, you know, of course, being a kid, I, I love Christmas and everything. And I almost did not get that role because I had just, uh, gotten done uh, playing uh, a real tomboy in Paradise with Don Johnson and Mel Melanie Griffith, so they weren't really sure that I could be like super, you know, prissy and kind of upper west side and all of that, but um, I, I love the material so much that I guess I kind of convinced them that I could be that sassy, so yeah, I had a lot of fun on that set working with Lauren Bacall, who... You know, I was just becoming acquainted with at, at that because I was watching like Have and Have Not and all of her Bogey and Bacall movies and stuff like that. It was I was becoming a real fan, so that was a real treat. And of course, Leslie Nielsen was Santa Claus. He was hilarious. Well, you know, and with films like that too, you know, to this day, are you a big fan of holiday films? You know, even ones that you're not part of. Are you just uh, you know, do you like sitting down and curling up with a good uh, Christmas movie or something like that? I mean, yeah, I think that there's certain films that are always, like, you just, you feel compelled to watch once a year or whatever kind of, uh, I must say, honestly, I do find myself actually watching Hocus Pocus just for the entertainment value. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a wonderful life and all those stuff. But, you know, there's just the staples, I think, you know, really kind of, they become part of the holiday traditions. Definitely. Well, you know, and you've touched base upon it, of course, tis the season with Halloween and so much more and Hocus Pocus. And that is just, you know, that is a staple with Halloween. Um, they've just now released a brand new stage show at the Disney parks based around the witches. Um, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of people here on the show that have been part of the movie as well. And I guess with that film, uh, how did you land that role? And does it surprise you that it is so popular even to this day? I mean, I think it's 
surprising now because looking back, you know, when the film came out and everything, it, it was. I mean, everybody had. Well, at least me. I had so much fun making that movie. So to me, I thought, you know, at the time, like, wow, this is going to be huge, you know. And then it came out, and I don't know. I guess it just kind of got lost a little bit that year in the shuffle of everything. But it just became, after time, one of those things that I started hearing about all the time. Like five, six, seven, ten years later, I would hear like, oh, you know, I make sure my younger sister or my little girl, you know, watches Hocus Pocus and stuff like that. And it, it just, it never goes away. Actually, not even as, as recently as a year or so ago, I got stopped on the street and asked if I was a little girl in Hocus Pocus. Not if I was the daughter in American Beauty or Ghost World or anything like that, but if I was a little girl from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, you know, it's one of those that everybody passes down and I even show it to my children. Now, in landing that role and being on the set, was it absolutely just, you know, fun working with everybody? Was it one big family on the set? It was a lot of fun because it was so immersive. Uh, the, the, the stage was incredible. They actually built the, the Sanderson house, the old witch house and, and the woods on, on a huge soundstage in Disney. So you actually, you walked onto the set and you were kind of instantly transported into this kind of magical, magical world, and then we actually got to shoot some in Salem, Massachusetts, where, you know, is where the original rich trials were and everything. We got to go to the museum and learn about the real deal, and it was it was a lot of fun. It's, it was definitely a kid's dream come true. Now, you know, being on the set, you know, like you said, working, you know, working on the set, coming on to actual practical effects, which that was the, you know, the, the tail end of that golden age there. Um, was there any one scene or any one moment in the film that, to this day, will always be part of your memoirs that you'll just always recall that was the most fun from that set? Oh, wow. There was so many really good moments that were definitely memorable that I probably wouldn't be able to forget. But I would have to say one of the most special was, um, you know, the witches, they were always flying around. So they got quite used to being in the harnesses and kind of flying around on the wires and everything. They were kind of used to it, but um, my character actually you know, did get swooped up onto the broom, so I got strapped in one of, the, one of those harnesses, and I had no idea, like, how long, you know, you're actually up there. Once you're in, you're locked in. You're not going anywhere for, like, hours. So me and that, that member were kind of dangling in the air for, like, three hours and getting really, really sore and tired and kind of miserable, and she just started singing, and she was singing to me, and she, you know, sang The Rose, and it was amazing to so I actually had, like, a private concert from... That as well, with, with the rest of the crew. That was pretty awesome. Definitely. You know, and, you know, with that film, it's gone on, like I said, it has legs of its own. Everybody loves it. You know, gets Blu-ray releases. Tis the season for Halloween. Um, now, you know, as you mentioned, is uh, Hocus Pocus, is that one of those staples that you just watch as a film itself and you go back and watch it? And um, does it bring back good memories, kind of like an old family album? It, it definitely serves as that. It's kind of like the... It's the high, it's one of the many highlights from from all of the film the work that I did when I was younger. I mean, I'd have to say that Patriot Games and and All I Want for Christmas they were all kind of done around the same time, and it was just a really special time. And I have so many great memories from not only Hocus Pocus but but from a lot of those films at that time. Definitely. Now, I guess you know one one last thing before we go on to some of the other th- roles that you've done and other things as well with Hocus Pocus and Halloween. Um, are you a big Halloween fan? I that is my favorite holiday. I am a huge Halloween fan, definitely. I, I sometimes I don't get all dressed up and everything, but I always make sure to have fun on Halloween. 
Now, like you said, you know, from your younger days of acting and moving forward into the other ones, like you said, American Beauty, which, you know, critically acclaimed, as well as Ghost World and moving into those adult roles and, uh, you know, all those movies that have just gone, gone and gained their own legs, uh, you know, with many millennials and uh, they have such powerful stories behind them. Was it a huge jump going from, you know, child acting into these roles with something like American Beauty where it was so deep and so meaningful? That very easily might not have happened for me personally. I mean, I was really lucky to encounter American Beauty when I did and to be that age when I was because, you know, otherwise, if, if I had been a year older or a year younger, it, it, it might not have worked. So it was really kind of by chance. Uh, and, you know, I, I loved that script so much. So it that kind of helped me. Had that role not been there and had even Ghost World not been there, I don't know how that trends I couldn't have done it without those roles basically is what I'm saying and and because it, it's really really difficult there just is not a lot of really juicy meaty stuff where the entire story is based around you know a 15 16 year old anybody really so I was really lucky. Now, you know, at that age as well, like you said, it's one of those where a year later it might not have happened. And, you know, looking back in retrospect now, um, you know, do you do you ever look back and you realize how impactful that film is in America cinema now? Because um, it's one of those that's going to be locked away in the vault and passed on for movie classics and critics and looked upon as a classic, you know, for ages. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I guess I really realized the full impact that it had had culturally on American cinema when I noticed that like a lot of television commercials and other films were really, ha- you know, they all had scores, film scores and, and music and it, that sounded a lot like that. So it kind of set the bar for a certain type of tone um, uh, across the board and that was, that was to me the most surprising thing. I, I loved the material so much and had such a good time working on it that I knew that it the response would be favorable. I just didn't realize how long-lasting it would be, and that's definitely very humbling. Well, you know, and with that, too, and, you know, one of those that, like, now it is long-lasting, and another one of those that was a fantastic, uh, you know, piece of cinema was Ghost World, um, you know, where you worked alongside Scarlett Johansson and Steve Buscemi, um, you know, Brad Renfro. I mean, that was just a fantastic film as well that really resonated with a lot of people during that generation. Um, what was it like working on that film and, uh, you know, I guess having that role? And what was your official uh, thoughts on the script? I mean, I was cracking up every day just because it, it was so perfectly aligned with my sense of humor. And I remember the first time reading the script and, and looking through Dan Claus's graphic novel, just cracking up because I couldn't believe that another representation of a you know a young woman my age was saying the same things that I had been thinking. So mainly I was just reading it going, I have to say these lines. I have to be a part of this <laughs> because this is so accurate. And that from that point of view, I was like, wow, it's a lot of fun. But also there was a lot of undercurrents of, you know, confusion and just kind of, you know, the murky deep waters of early adulthood um, that are really tough for everybody, I think. And it was just, it was a really great piece about that time in one's life. And so that's why I responded to that. And, yeah, Dan uh, Klaus, the writer, and, and Terry Zweigoff, the, the director, they just had these personalities where, they could just be talking about, you know, waking up in the morning or driving to bed, and it would be to them a completely normal conversation, but just listening to them relate it, you would be in stitches cracking up because of their dry humor. Well, and you know, and like I said, that, that movie is definitely, you know, it's unique. It's one of those that, 
it's almost like a rite of passage for many people where, uh, you know, if somebody hasn't heard of it, they're like, you got to see Ghost World. And they kind of pass it on and pass it on. And, um, you know, do you ever get recognized for any of those films or is it always just Hocus Pocus or those younger films? You know, I mean, certain films speak to certain people more than others. And, and I would say that Ghost World has a little bit more of like, um, you know, an, an intelligentista kind of um, hipster following, I think, where... As American Beauty, everyone loves and respects, but they no one will really tell you that it's their favorite movie, you know? They'll be like, wow, that was so powerful, and I really loved it. Um, but it was just a different kind of film. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just people respond to different stories for different reasons. You never know what, but it seems like I've been a part of a lot of things that have stood out for one reason or another with a lot of people, and that, that's pretty great because, you know, that's why we do this at the end of the day, so... Definitely. You know, and like you said, you know, it's things that call out to certain people, you know, like, uh, you know, like I said, you know, Hocus Pocus, my my daughter actually dressed up as Danny for Halloween last year. So it always for generations, it's still, uh, you know, everything calls out to different people. Now, you know, you've gone beyond just being an actress and an actor out there, but you've also, you know, produced films and done so many other things, including uh, 2013's Petunia. I guess what led you down that road into actually, you know, producing the film and playing this lead character in this film? I've always been, uh, you know, for a long time I've been more and more interested in in being a part of the larger uh, portion of storytelling, you know, and, and just and just having a larger voice in the process, other than just in regards to one character. And um, Ash Christian was one of the writers of Petunia, had been a friend of mine for a long time, and he sent me the script, and, and I just, you know, it made me laugh, and I saw it as a slice of life. It's a... It's a real New Yorker story. It's a, you know, it's a small indie dark drama comedy, and it's about a family that's a little bit dysfunctional, a little bit out there, uh, but they get by. And it's it was just a fun thing to be a part of, and I, I got an opportunity to, like I said, you know, take a more hands-on role in putting together the whole thing. So that was a, a really a really good experience for me, and it, it led me to you know, to, to want to do more in that area, which is writing and, and directing and stuff. So. Definitely. You know, and after, you know, after that in 2013, you actually took some time off just to kind of take a break from the, you know, he- hectic career of so many different things you've been part of, like Dungeons and Dragons, the whole ghost world, clear and present danger, Petunia. I guess, what was it like to finally just pull back? You know, we're not going to dig too deep into why you pulled back, but what was it like to just kind of pull back and take a breath for a year? Well, it was really, I, it was much needed because while I was doing Petunia, I was also finishing up getting my degree you know, that I had pushed off, you know, and I was doing a lot of writing at the time, so... It was really just nice to just kind of focus on, you know, just life and kind of stepping aside. And then at some point I I woke up and I just realized, wow, you know, it's the end of 2014, you know, and i got to get back out there. You know, it was just like I had to charge my batteries and I was ready to, to move forward. So Well, you know, and I think that's the kind of thing where everybody needs to take that break and kind of, you know, sit back and, you know, take that breather. And then that leads us into now, you know, currently uh, where you're going to be portraying software engineer uh, you know, Morgan on the upcoming series, Colony. Um, so this is your first venture back after taking that time off. And can you let everybody in as to what Colony actually is? It's really cool. I mean, I can't, I'm not allowed to, t- to talk too much about it, but it is another, like, high concept. It's it's uh, um, from the same people that brought you lost. And it's another, uh, you know, one of these big, big storylines that kind of goes off in all these different directions. And it takes place in a an occupied Los Angeles. And so 
it's a little bit, you know, after this occupation is taking place and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on, nobody knows, and and I'm working on the side that's trying to figure everything out, and we've got some, we make some big moves at, towards the end of the season, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It's, it's It's been a lot of fun so far. Very cool. You know, and we understand that you can't give too much about it, but, you know, is there any timeline as to when you think that this series is going to end up hitting the air? Oh, it is going to start airing in January on USA Damn. Network. So it definitely is is a go. It's going to be airing in January. Fantastic. Well, we know you're busy, you know, so many different things on the horizon. We know you're busy all week long here. But I guess in closing, for all of your fans out there and fans of Thora and so many different things, like we said, that you've played a part in so many people's lives, from Purple Peep Leader, All I Want for Christmas, of course, Hocus Pocus, Ghost World, American Beauty, now Colony, um, so many different films. Is there anything you'd like to leave out there with your, for your fans as, you know, some final, I guess, words of inspiration or, you know, anything out there? for people's lives that you've touched over your many years of your career? Oh, well, I would have to just say, you know, thank you for watching, and um, I'm, you know, so happy that you were able to share and enjoy those moments with me because I certainly had a lot of fun making them for you, so it's, you know, it's a good thing all around, and I would just say thank you, everybody. Well, thank you once again for stopping in. It was our pleasure having you on, and, you know, maybe uh, we can touch base again next year and, uh, you know, maybe find out those results in the new series Colony that's going to be hitting in January as well. So thanks, Thor, again for once again stopping in and chatting with us here at the show. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. Witches on the Brooms. Very night, they all come out. Gives me a fright. You hear them cackle as they fly by the moon. Witches, witches, witches on their brooms. Watch the skies on Halloween. The strangest sight I've ever seen. They must be boiling a magic. Some dragon's breath, and I have newt, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, hit and sing, witches, witches, witches on the wing, watch the sky on
Hi, everybody. This is Greg Proops. You're all pal from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Because you're like that. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Halloween magical music review. This week, Jonathan has Thor Birch from Hocus Pocus in the studio. Wow. Can you believe how fast October's gone? We are a week away from our Halloween show. Plans are well underway for our musical enjoyment for next week, but until then, I have some great music ready to go. Today, we travel to the parks. Last year, we visited Jack Skellington at Disneyland, but this year, we look at the classic attraction in all of its spooktacular glory, the Haunted Mansion. Opening its doors for the first time in 1969, the mansion has been haunting guests ever since. The music was written by Xavier Antincio and Buddy Baker. On iTunes, there is an album dedicated to the attraction, and we will be taking a look at some of these tracks. So now, onto the music as we travel to Liberty Square to visit the Haunted Mansion. Our first selection is the Ghostly Music Box. Think of any wind-up music box. Remember the sound that comes from the combs and little bells? Remember the little click-clack you hear as the combs were plucked by the pins? Well, that is basically what this track is. Starting and ending even with the sound of the turn of the crank and the stop, the entire piece is a beautifully haunting melody from a music box. Now, I wouldn't call this piece a creepy piece. I wouldn't be the first thing to come to mind when thinking of the Haunted Mansion per se either, but the sweet melody has a tone of sadness and mystery to it. As I listen to it, I can picture a scene unfolding of a character remembering a distant, bittersweet memory. Close your eyes, and what do you see?
Our next tune is much more familiar. Entitled Swinging Wake, we find the main melody of Grim Grinning Ghosts. Any of you D-Heads fellow former players of BMK? This is where they got the music to play on Main Street during Halloween in the game. In actuality, this is the underlying instrumentation to the original song from the park attraction itself. If you know the song well enough, you might just find yourself singing along to this instrumental. Our final piece is a different arrangement of Grim Grinning Ghosts. The Graveyard Band brings us the song with some rather mismatched instruments. We have a trumpet, what sounds to be claves, mallets, a flute, and what almost sounds to me like bagpipes. I'm honestly not 100% sure. A very different way to listen to this song, let's see what you think of it. musical tour. I hope you've enjoyed another look into the Halloween section of my Disney Music Library. Come back next week for our final Halloween Magical Music Review for 2015. I have some delightfully wicked friends stopping in to help us celebrate. As always, feel free to connect with me on the DWire Discussion Facebook page or at page at DizRadio.com. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! I believe it was our most horrible yet. Thank you, everyone.
No, thanks to you, Jack, without your brilliant leadership. Not at all, Mayor. You're such a scream, Jack. You're a witch's fondest dream. You made walls fall, Jack. Walls fall? You made the very mountains crack, Jack. The deadly huh? nightshade you slipped me wore off, Sally. Let go. You're not ready for so much excitement. Yes, I am. You're coming with me. No, I'm not. Come back here, you foolish. Ow! Ow! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. special edition of Disney's Multimedia. Randy will be giving you the latest news on what's happening over at the Walt Disney Company. When I was a kid growing up, I loved playing action figures. This kind of was a mix of WWF, action figures, Spider-Man, the Hulk, and as well the Power Rangers. I would have these little fun battles against my cousin, my sister at times, in this little small little arena that we made up with a box and some yarn, and yeah, it was it was intense. We would throw our characters against a wall, we would throw from the top of the stairs, and it was a fun, fun time and memories I will never forget. I have a great game where I can kind of relive those memories all over again by playing action figures with a mixed max style in a superhero matchup. This game is called Marvel Superhero Mashers. This game allows you to customize, construct, build, mix and match your favorite Marvel superhero or supervillain. It allows you to create your own ultimate championship to defeat the evil supervillains. And with the Halloween just upon us, there is a special update through this game. It allows fans to unlock special Halloween adventures, backgrounds, and when they complete all the missions with the Green Goblin, there is a special Halloween challenge. In addition, children can collect all 18 pumpkins to unlock Smash Fist Hulk for free. Activate the Spidey Link power-up and also summons your favorite Spider-Man hero to your side for a devastating super attack. Now talk about WoW. That That is pretty cool when it comes to like Street Fighter style and you're bringing your favorite superheroes. This game also has some really fun features including 10 of your favorite superheroes to mix and match up. We have the Iron Spider. The Ultimate Spider-Man against the Red Hulk. We have Groot from the movie. Iron Man, of course, Spider-Man. Green Goblin, Jack-O-Lantern, Loki, Dr. Octopus, and even Ultron. Plus, there is two exclusive Marvel superhero masher shorts. So that's a fun little treat to even enjoy. 
Disney is soon to be retiring over 100 mobile apps and PC games. Disney also wants you to know that some of these soon to be retiring games can be still downloaded and also played. However, they will no longer get any updates, support, and as well no refund for money spent on in-app purchases. We have Disney Hidden Worlds, Disney Infinity Action for iOS, Android, Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8, Disney's Photo Finish, Disney Picks for iOS, Disney Super Speedway, and yes, even Disney's Toy Story Midway Mania. I have that on my phone and I'm trying to hold on dearly because that's a really fun game and it's also based off the attraction at the Walt Disney World Studios and Disney Hollywood Studios and as well California Adventure Park. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and vampire senses alerted with the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Serpents and spiders, tale of a rat. Call in the spirits wherever they're at. Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message 
from somewhere beyond. Horned toads and lizards, fiddle and strum, please answer the roll by beating a drum. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween, awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond, let there be music from regions beyond. Harpies and furies, old friends and new, blow on a horn so we'll know that it's you. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. Be sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. Alright, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show for show number 122 for the week of October 22nd, 2015, as we continued on with our fourth annual month-long Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration here at the show. It was definitely a fun romp, a fun ride, and we had all kinds of fun here. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the very talented Thora Birch for taking time once again out of her schedule and stopping back here at the show to help celebrate the Halloween season and so much more with all of you D-heads. I am excited to see her new series that is debuting this January coming up very soon. So thank you, Thora, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Nathan, Caitlin, Paige, and Randy all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments, their Halloween memories, and so much more. They truly make it magical, spooky, and all kinds of fun. So thank you, D-team, for stopping in, and remember to connect up with the D-team on our official website at Disney. Radio.com. And finally, most of all, big, huge helpings of candy corn, special Halloween candy, maybe some candy apples for all of you, the D-Heads. That's right. All of you D-Heads are the reason that we are still here doing this show five years later. We are the reason that we continue to bring this show to you with all kinds of special guests, Halloween fun, and so much more for the last five years. So thank you, the D-Heads, for making the show what it is. Now, before I clue you in as to what we're going to be doing next week, because it is our big Halloween show, and we have something fun in store for you, something completely different than you're used to, and we have all kinds of fun lined up with our Halloween episode next week here at the show. But before I do that, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and so much more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz, that's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, 
or Disney On Demand, all of which will help you find our fun, quirky, and this month, spooky show right there for you. You can stay connected with all of these and even subscribing to get the latest shows on your mobile device, your tablet, your iPhone, and so much more just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And you can subscribe right there as well. And remember, you can find all these links and so much more on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, next week it is Halloween. It is Halloween weekend. We have a fun Halloween show for you. And with that, I'm not going to clue you in too much. You're going to have to use your uh, detective skills and more. But it's somebody that's been an annual guest here at the show. It's somebody that's going to make you dump out your sack and stop and pay the toll. So get ready next week as we have a very special Halloween episode here that is going to be very different than what you're used to hearing here at the show. So LVD heads, with that said, take time, slow down, get those costumes ready, go to the corn mazes, carve out those jack-o'-lanterns, and make some Halloween memories for yourself, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, LVD heads, remember, boo to you. Party. We're so glad you could make it. And look, the gang's all here.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon. (laughs) 